You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 18th of February, if you can believe it, 2016. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, joined by Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And Dave, it was a busy week. You know, some weeks, was, nothing yeah. happens. Some weeks, boom, everything happens. <laughs> yeah, it's just across the board, different uh, different exciting things. So uh, we're, I don't even know where to start, but I know we got to jump in here because well, <laughs> I got a lot of stabs sitting open with stories in them. <laughs> Today, why don't we start where things stop? And, you know, this was coming. Uh, we've been announcing it for, what, like four years now. Um, but now it's real. Yahoo is slowly dying. The uh, organs are shutting down, and the poor beast is um, going to sleep. Uh, earlier this week, Yahoo outlined a plan to simplify its businesses and focus on its four most successful content areas, news, sports, finance, and lifestyle. And that means Yahoo is going to begin phasing out uh, many, many other parts of uh, its uh, content kingdom. Several magazines are going out of business starting today. Uh, Yahoo Food, Yahoo Health, Yahoo Parenting, Yahoo Makers, Yahoo Travel, Yahoo Auto, and Yahoo Real Estate will, um, well, start to fade away again starting today. Also, their chief scientist and their vice president of research um, have, have left the company. Yeah. So, yeah, I know. Last week, um, last week we were talking a bit about okay, this is a bit like the the frostbite. You know, you're losing a finger here or there, and, and what was going on. Now we're looking at limbs. Yeah. Uh, you know, so yeah, this is definitely the uh, the. I don't know. I, I would say the beginning of the end, but you're right. That actually started back when they declined the Microsoft offer for buyout. 
Um, we're in the, you know, I think the, the death throes here, obviously, um, to where Yahoo becomes, I don't know. But, you know, no. some search engines can hold on forever. It's, it, it, it's amazing the staying power of some URLs. Comscore released its uh, its latest numbers, um, its latest search share numbers. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Ask and AOL are actually still on the board. Um, AOL is hoping that its recent shift to big will boost it from its 0.09% share of search. Ask.com still around with 1.7% share of search. Yeah. And Yahoo on yahoo.com and all of its uh, content sites is maintaining 12.4% of the search of the search sphere. Um it's possible that the URL will will persist, you know, yahoo.com long into the future. Just to round things out, Microsoft and Microsoft's content network is uh, you know, 21.3% and Google um, both mobile and desktop command about 63 64% of the uh, the search share. Mhm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it is interesting to see how who's who's staying, who's going. I mean, in a weird way, like when you look at something like Yahoo, you know, sort of gives you time to, to to reflect back, and you see something like Yahoo dying um, on one hand, um, and then you have these these much smaller engines, um, you know, clipping along. Of course, because they have much lower overhead, and, and and they keep going. I mean, you know, DuckDuckGo is you know around and a viable, you know, good solid, don't get me wrong, engine, but obviously much smaller <laughs> than Yahoo um, ever was. Yeah. Um, and yet it still manages to, to proceed along and, you know, and survive. So it's, it's you know, I, again, obviously there, there's a lot more at play here. It was not just an engine and there, there was a lot of other factors going on here in, in Yahoo's decline. But um, it is, you know, it is starting at this point to get kind of you know, sad in like a retrospective sort of way. I mean, you've been in the industry forever. For, for our listeners who've only been in a couple of years, this would be nothing. Um, but, you know, for those of us that have been around for, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, um, you know, it is sort of like, oh, yeah, I remember when, you know, <laughs> Yahoo was a thing. Um, and it actually mattered, and, and it was a powerhouse, and, uh, you know, oldest directory, right? Like, it, it was a great thing. Um, and it just... Yeah. It, yeah, it's sort of sad to see it go, but at the same time, it's like, oh, finally, that chapter is over. We're just interested in seeing what happens now and, and who gets what pieces and, and what happens. Exactly. And is there a game changer still inside Yahoo somewhere that unfortunately Yahoo can't use itself or you know make, make use of itself? But it, it's like still the world's largest content network. Can't, you can't, it's amazing to see what happens to it. Um, moving along, we got, like you said, there's a million open tabs here. Um, Search Console. I think this is really cool. Google wants, well, I don't know, it kind of blows me away that they have to ask, but Google wants us to tell them why we want more data from Search Console. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Dave, what would you do with more data? You know what? I've actually already like piped in with my little. They only they're they're responding on Twitter to a hashtag, right? So they're not giving you a lot of room. Um, but to me, one of the biggest things I would do with this data, um, you know, and and 
again, in their defense, there are ways to get it. You can download it all, collect it, you know, run it through third-party tools. It'll collect it for you. Like, there are ways to get this, but Search Console is a nice, convenient place. To me, the biggest thing I do is when I'm looking at, or, or the biggest part where I'm like, it keeps frustrating me, it's not there and with easy access, is when I'm working in seasonal um, industries, of which there are many, but let's look at like tourism, for example. When I want to see, hey, I've got, you know, this month versus last month, it's up or down. Okay, that's that's irrelevant in the seasonal, right? Like it may be up, it may be down. I don't know whether that's good or bad. I like to be able to go not just over last year, which I'm sure we all do in our analytics, and I know I certainly do. Um, you know, okay, how does it compare to last year? Okay, there's our growth. But what I find most interesting and the thing that I miss when I'm in Search Console is not just that year over year, but being able to go, like I, I like to compare, let's say last, you know, this month with the month before, see, okay, how's that, you know, how are we comparing? Was there a loss? And then comparing that loss or gain versus the previous year. So, okay, are we, you know, if you had last year a minus five, because it's seasonal, and so you're down 5% on organic. Okay, if you're actually just at minus one this year, you've improved. <laughs> like, I mean, that's simplifying, of course, but, um, you know, that that's the thing I miss the most is that annual trending. And so I had told, you know, in there, if you can even just give me 14 months, I'm happy <laughs> because I would be able to do this, this seasonal trending properly um, and, and look at search console for that. So that's, that's one of the things I liked. How about you, Jim? What, 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 what would you or have you requested? Well, while I'm not, necessarily aiming for keyword placement as I, you know, that used to be the only goal mm -hmm. uh, years and years back. I still do a lot of keyword research and I really value the uh, view that Google provides, except that it really doesn't provide very much of a view, does it? So yeah. what I like, I like using Search Console to, uh, you know, track the progress of the, you know, everything underneath not set you know, in brackets, not set or uh, no data. I like tracking all of that stuff. And yeah, I know the numbers are absurdly low compared to what's in the not set area. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you can learn um, tracking pages, for instance, like what page has been, pages that have been ranking well, what content on those pages. And you can, I can only track them back 90 days. I'd like to track those back year over year. Right. Um, yeah. I've, I've got clients that have been, you know, with me for, for quite a while. And to be able to track that progress um, and to say, yeah, this is what we did like in uh, 2000, 2014 and this is what we're doing today and here's the difference, guys. Like this is why we're doing it. Can't do that currently using um, Search Console data because you don't got the data. Right. Um, no, I, I mean I, I don't know if they can give us data back a couple of years. But 365 days – um, 366 days, if you really want to be nice about it, that would be convenient. Um, mm. Now, something to remember when you're, when you're sending in your request, you don't want it to be 365. Because if you're looking at last month and you want to compare with that same time last year, because I was thinking that too, I'm like, no, I actually need 13 months. <laughs> because yep. I need December this year and all of December last year or whatever I'm looking at. You know what else I would really like, and I mean this, this might this might seem minor because you can set it yourself, but it takes a couple seconds, and that's just a bother, right? Mm -hmm. You know when you do like comparisons week to week or month to month, and mm -hmm. you hit like you know you you get the the uh, you hit the little compare with, and you get the drop down menu that shows you the dates. Mm -hmm. Well, say you're comparing like you know um, Monday, February the eighth 
to uh, Monday, February the 22nd, that period. And you want to see what it was like, you know, previous months? Yeah. I would like it if they would set it to the closest Monday in that date range rather than me having to go and reset it because the the numbers never add up to the same day. And so you get these comparative uh, graphs that mean nothing unless you take the three seconds per operation to set it yourself. Now, I know that three seconds doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're doing it multiple times a day, um, it gets annoying. So that that would be a very cool little uh, fix that they could make that would um, save three seconds in operation. Yeah, that's an interesting thing. And, and doesn't, doesn't our job come down to that? And I'll bet all of our listeners can, can sort of grasp that one too. Like, I don't know how many monitors you have. I'm frustrated right now because one of my video cards died and I've only got four. Um, but it's that, you know, you look at like, I don't know, half a second, right? Or <laughs> whatever. And it multiplies. And it's like, yeah, you say three seconds. That's not much. And for a lot of people, that's fine. You know, you're a business owner, um, not an SEO. So how many times do you do that? Maybe a couple times a month. Yes, you can spare six seconds. But when you're doing the, you know, you do your monthly reporting or something, how many times are you doing this? I don't know about Multiple you. Multiple like, times an hour. You know? yeah, exactly. And it's like, okay, now I'm wasting minutes every day um, dealing with this. And that may not sound like huge, but it's annoying. And uh, I, I agree. I think that would be a great feature. I've never actually thought of it. Um, but I think that's a great feature, like just an extra checkbox. It's like, yes, convert everything to equal days um, yeah. rather uh, than so uh, it, it'd be so simple to do. OK, yeah. so if you want to tell Google what you what you want from them and data from Search Console, go to Twitter and hit up the hashtag uh, more data S.A.N. Hashtag more data S.A.N. Um, and yeah, uh, apparently they're going to listen or something. Because <laughs> they do uh, such a good job of listening to us. Geez. Okay, we got a couple minutes before we got to go to break and a bunch of stories. What one's a sh- what's a good shorty we could jump in on? Um, you know what? I, I sent it through um, on 9to5google.com. A Google patent uh, recently, you know, I love my Google patents, um, reveals a concept for our concept for real-time voting. It's really a, a neat Thing, basically right on their search page um, from the examples they're giving though it's not meant for like elections right like it's not meant for for big elections it's meant for like you know the you know who should win america's next top whatever <laughs> but those sort of voting cycles like it's vote the uh, t- uh, top american singer is is the example that they're using in, in one of their illustrations um but it's interesting just seeing this further and further merging um, of sort of the, the traditional television media. And then, you know, obviously they want you to have your phone and your tablet out. Um, this is being done right on the home page in, in their case. Um, so I assume mm-hmm. they have like a little check here for, you know, to vote or whatnot or have specific landing pages for each one. Who knows? But um, I think it's interesting. And, of course, you know, as, as a marketer, I've got to keep that marketing hat on and going – what what an opportunity to glean more information from people. <laughs> like now I'm knowing specifically at this moment, uh, you know, I don't have any clients right now this would apply to, but if I can understand specifically at this moment who you're voting for in a specific show that you're watching, and you just know this would blow up into like, you know, what should happen, choose your own adventure type scenarios, right? Like where shows could create multiple different channels and sort of, okay, vote for this and 
that's the route the show goes. Um, you know, being able to market to that very, very quickly. I, I, I that's the part that excites me is is gleaning this data and being able to market uh, sort of instantly to somebody based on their based on who they vote for. You could set it up in advance and like, I don't know, you're a country singer and it's America's Next Top Singer, or you're you know a, a publisher or, um, of of country music or whatnot. Yeah, start firing your ads out if they're voting for these people and and don't if they're voting for pop six or whatever, right? Like. No, I think it'd be really, really interesting marketing opportunities there. It, a couple of years ago, I went and listened to a lecture by uh, Kristen Stewart, the uh, CEO of Twitter Canada. And she talked about something similar Twitter was doing where they were, um, you know, when people would be watching a show, say The Big Bang Theory, that's got a massive TV audience. And people tweet during The Big Bang Theory. You know, they, they, they get the in-joke, they tweet the in-joke, everyone knows they're watching, and they hit the hashtag Big Bang. Twitter tracks that, and they sell information for, um, you know how they, like, have, have uh, in, in-show advertising? Mm-hmm. Somebody holds up a Dr. Pepper bottle, making sure the Dr. Pepper bottle is facing the facing the camera. Mm-hmm. Twitter was helping corporations track people's reactions to anything that would happen in a show, especially product mention. Um, somehow, for some reason, this reminds me of a similar system. Mm. Um, you know, where where uh, you could get so much information for advertisers off of people's reactions to this, that, or whatnot. Yeah, no, that's that's actually a really, really good, a really, really good analogy. And you know what? I, I got a little. So yeah, I just have to go to like an interesting thing. Tie in, sort of a little off topic, but it, it is Brasco's fault. So Brasco, this is your fault. Um, well, he's he dropped into our, our you know during show chat that it jumped the shark, which reminded me of a, a thread on Reddit, um, and, and two specific threads on Reddit. And I'm blaming Brent Zakaris for this, by the way, the fact that I'm now heavily addicted to Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> as far as like, I don't know, my entire drive up to to Whistleback, my entire family was subjected to me on the today I learned and just going through all the crap that you can like learn um, these these weird useless facts. Anyway, the jump the shark, and now all I I can picture in my head is the picture of Arthur Fonzarelli on his. On Wait, his is there uh, a, is there a subreddit um, slash r slash jump the shark? You know what? There wasn't. There was actually two interesting threads, though. One of them was just going, what would be the moment in television if that one didn't happen that we'd use as that reference? Um, And then it was another interesting thread that I'd read a little bit after that, just a couple days ago, actually. Um, And it was just on on the, um, you know, Ask Reddit. um, And so they were just asking, you know, has anybody else noticed that once you hear an obscure fact that all of a sudden you start hearing it a lot? I had never before I read about Jump the Shark on Reddit. I actually had to look up what it referenced. I didn't actually had never heard it. It's one of those things that I don't know how, but I'd never heard it before. Um, and then all of a sudden, yeah, now I hear this thing and here it is like two days later. And now I'm hearing it again to another point on Reddit. <laughs> There's actually a name for this phenomenon. I can't remember what it's called now, but like this, once you hear something, you hear it over and over again. Um, just as you're aware of it. Anyway, very well, offside. Here's, here's note, a new one for you. Um, unicorns jumping the shark. We won't actually be getting to that, but I just want to throw that in there because you're going to be hearing a lot of this in the near in the near future. Unicorns jumping the shark. Trust me on this one. We got to take a break. It's about 20 minutes after the hour uh, here on uh, Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the second. It's the 18th of February, 2016. This is Jim Hedger Digital Always Media. Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. We're going to be back after these messages. 
Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising? Or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? I'm David Ogletree, president of WME Training. Did you know that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average? At WME Training, we can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean, converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, seen other SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcall here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It is the 18th of February, 2016. This is Jim Hedger Media. Dave Davies from Beefstalking's Net Marketing. And Dave, it's a weekly thing. We gotta do it. What's the, that? Well, it's a weekly, a weekly thing, but we gotta do it. The long march of the penguins <laughs> continues. But, we've had movement on this front. Google has now changed its messaging from it's coming this quarter, it's coming before Christmas, it's coming before the end of January, it's coming before the end of first quarter 2016. They finally changed their message to something a little more realistic, something that, you know, SEOs can uh, rely on, according to... uh, Googler uh, Zineb 8, it's still a work in progress at the moment. I can't tell you when it will be rolled out. We are aiming at as soon as it is ready. (laughs) So there you go. Penguin's coming, and they'll get it to you as soon as it is ready. (laughs) Why? Why, 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 why? Yeah, I know. I mean, the the thing, the problem with what they're doing right now, like I understand, like I would personally rather wait and have a good rollout, right, than 
then get a bunch of collateral damage across the web. Like, I understand why these things can take a while. I hear it's, it's pretty hard to build a search engine. But um, for our longtime listeners, big thanks to Jeremiah Anders. It's easy to break one. <laughs> but, I mean, the, 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 the problem with what they've done here is just don't tell us. Like, we were better off not having a date you're going to switch. Right, like I mean that, and that's the part that's unfair because there are a lot of website owners and webmasters and SEOs all waiting on this, um, and so to be moving this, I mean, first you know, telling us, hey, it's going to be you know in the, in the first quarter, or I mean, uh, you know, first it was going to happen like before the end of the year, so everybody was kind of hopeful, hey, if this you know if our Christmas is is based around this or the holiday season, hey, that'll be awesome. Uh, maybe we'll be in in time for some holiday sales. No, first quarter, right? And now it's like, yeah, when well, or, well, first it was going to be like we all kind of anticipated pretty early in the new year because they only postponed it because of the holidays. <laughs> then first quarter, now when we bloody feel like it. <laughs> like, Dave? Uh, yeah? You just rickrolled me. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Going through Facebook, you know, checking the news feed, see if something new comes up, and I see Google finally launches another Penguin update. You're a jerk! <laughs> you did that while I was talking! <laughs> yeah. Uh, just for, you know what, actually, just as, as a fun little thing, just as, as an aside and, and how I rickrolled Jim, um, a little weakness, and it, well, I can't imagine it would last long, but it's lasted for a while now. A little weakness in um, in Facebook, the way Facebook operates right now. Uh, what I had done to do that is I created a page, because you'll see that the, the post is actually coming from Web Pro News that I had, had posted. Like, if you look at where it's coming from, it's coming from Web Pro News. I know. Uh, so for our listeners, if you want to have fun and entertainment with your friends, you can create a page. In this case, I created one that automatically launches into playing uh, to Rick Rowling, my friend Jim. Uh, and if you put the canonical to an article that will be relevant or to something that's going to be interesting or you know people will click on, if you canonical to that one, it actually won't it'll, it'll it'll treat the canonical like that's the content so facebook's going to show the content from where the canonical points do but the fact is it's not it's a page about rick rolling i hope you get penalized for that <laughs> <laughs> that was truly amazing like friends that was that was a for real incident that actually really just happened <laughs> jesus christ we couldn't write a script like that <laughs> Anyway, the long and the short of it is uh, Penguin's got to come along when it's ready, and we are going to be playing Rick Astley as a bed track whenever we have to talk about the damn thing from now on. (laughs) (laughs) What else do we have here? Um, A funny thing happened... On the way to the Apple cart. Oh, that was a bad that was a bad intro. The Apple cart got upset. That would have been a much better intro, don't you think? There we go. Yeah, okay. You know what, but you're you're probably like nine for ten on awesome segues. So Yeah, so that that would be it. But um this is kind of a dust up this week, eh? Um the a superior or I'm sorry, a district court judge has ordered Apple to provide the FBI with a Operating system that they can install on the on the encrypted phones of the San Bernardino shooters. 
This has caused um, – um, um, Apple, Tim, uh, Tim, Tim Cook, CEO of Apple, sent back a long explanation as to why Apple cannot comply with this order or refuses to comply with this order. It, it, it could comply with it, but it's choosing not to. So Tim Cook explained why. The long and short of that is – you can't create an opera- an operating system to de-encrypt the Apple phone with a one-shot only um, for for a one-shot only investigation. If they make the software, they know it will be used over and over and over again, thus basically bricking the value of Apple's security. Yeah, there's a there's a great great piece, and because it can get kind of confusing, like why would that be? And everything requires this, like because we all look at this scenario and go, well, of course that you know, of course this should be the exception. Um, but over at Forbes, for anybody who who hasn't been over there today, there's a, a great piece over there, and it's described really really well in just a couple sentences why this is as big an issue as it is, and why you know, and I like. A, I'm not an Apple user. I use Android. I own a PC with Microsoft software on it. But I'm going to give a big, big hat tip to Apple on this one. Because um, in the description, and I'll just read it exactly as it is on yeah. the why this is important, is the answer is that once a court com- um, compels Apple or any technology company to build a tool for this purpose, a precedent will have been created. Now, that's not the worst part. That precedent is what's known as a case law, and law enforcement agencies won't hesitate to use it over and over. So now, first, multiple warrants will be issued mandating the use of the tool, the, uh, mandating the use of the tool Apple creates for the case. Then other tools will be mandated because it will be established law. And that's the problem is once it's used a few times, it now becomes established law. And now it's not one-offs anymore. It's established law. It's the way the legal system works. So that he's stepped up and is, is going as strong on this as he is, is just, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, every technology company should be backing him. And Google's getting um, some credit for this. The fact is, they're, the wording um, is really, really weak from Google. And that's actually covered in the Forbes article as well, which I really, really enjoyed, is uh, sort of illustrating how weak Google's wording is because they don't use will or, or can't, right? Like they're, everything they're saying is basically it could do this or it could be a bad precedent. Whereas Tim's coming out and going, no, this will be a bad precedent. This will be horrible and we will fight it. Right? I mean, that's a strong stance and, and credit to Apple for, for that one and, and for having a backbone at a time when it's easier to kind of roll over because, hey, everybody can understand why we would in this case, but he sees the bigger picture. Um, and I appreciate what he's doing for his uh, for his users. Again, I do too. Um, I think, like most uh, critically thinking persons in the uh, in the tech world, like like you said, you t- totally get why the FBI feels they need this information. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we've been around the block a few times. I'm I'm 47 years old. I've seen this. I've seen scenarios uh, of vast security overreach in the last 15 years and there's no reason to believe that this isn't the beginning of of the of one of the slipperier slopes you know um yeah. but you know why 
there's, there's a bit of confusion. Um, there's, a, there's other stories out there that suggest that Apple has already complied with FBI orders um, on several occasions. Uh, there's a report that says uh, in 70 times in the past they've unlocked phones for the FBI. Why is this case different? I know the answer. I, well, the, the thing is, it, like, and, and most of the technology companies are like that, where in a specific environment where you have a warrant, there's a legal precedent, and we have not built a back door. We have just, they understand their own technology, right? This is a one-by-one. One, you've got to, you know, we've got to deal with this on a one-by-one. One. We can't just give you a tool to do it on mass if you request it. It's also, uh, it's also worth noting that uh, the times that Apple has complied 70 or so times with FBI requests weren't necessarily on this technology. Um, they could have been, you know, dealing with one of the earlier versions, which had uh, less robust security. They could have been dealing with, say, a chat conversation where they just need a uh, to crack a password. You know, in this case, the FBI is asking for a basically an iOS they can just install as an overlay on the phone, right? And get everything. Yeah, yeah, um, and it gives like when Apple's dealing with things on a one by one. Um, it gives them the ability to determine whether it's, it's, it's worth them fighting for, right? Like, is this a battle of privacy or is this a completely legitimate, you know, request to, to crack this, like, like the issues we're dealing with right now? Um, in that case, you know, would they sort of come in and sort of brute force this or, or work with the FBI to try and, you know, crack that phone? Sure, I'm sure they would. But. You know, are they going to just give them a key to unlock any phone that, you know, they can get a warrant for? No, yeah, you know that. So, yeah. Um, it's a, this is, you know, one of those important cases that are really worth following to see where it goes. Um, and <laughs> I got the feeling that uh, Google's doing the exact same thing, which is why they took the softer language. Because, um, you know, it's a... Uh, when you're messing with, you know, the specter of terrorist attacks, um, it's argue, you know, most logical, uh, reasonable arguing points go off the table awfully quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and you know what? Let's actually speaking of, and I'm going to go back to this Forbes piece because it is a very, very interesting um, angle um, that that he puts to this, and it's it's a brief one, and it's it's a quote. Uh, from Cook. For years, cryptologists and national security experts have been warning against weakening encryption. Doing so would hurt only the well-meaning and law-abiding citizens who rely on companies like Apple to protect their data. Criminals and bad actors will still encrypt using tools that are readily available to them. The, the, the connection that's made in the Forbes piece is, isn't it interesting that we've actually got the two sides of the battle? One of them, if you just replaced it encryption with guns... <laughs> yeah, you would actually it's, have it's, it's, the exact same point. The, the bad guys are going to get it still, um, and the good guy. Now you're just hurting the good guys, right? So it's it's actually a, a really really interesting um, scenario where the arguments are actually the same, but the players, people arguing it, are different. But everybody's using the exact same argument. To, but they actually, generally, a lot of them oppose each other's view, right? So it's it's interesting. No, oh, no, yeah, indeed. I, I, it's funny. I was just thinking exactly that. We've heard this argument before. Um, wow. So this is going to play out. Uh, 
likely there'll be some resolution. There'll be some movement, if not resolution, before next week, and uh, we'll we'll try to report it to you best we can. We got a couple minutes before we got it, before we have to hit a break again. This is a really fun one. This one actually kind of blows my mind. You you know Moore's law, right, Dave? Yep. It's been it's been a constant in computing since day one. Uh, yep. The uh, the the the, the because we're able to make transistors smaller and smaller and smaller, we can fit more of the same surface area. So you can double the number of transistors on a chip every 18 to 24 months. And it's, that's been a constant since the late 50s when, uh, when uh, uh, Moore and friends phrased that law. Now, Moore's law, again, it's always been easy to calculate. X times 1.5 equals Yowzers. A new technology called D-Wave pushes Moore's Law into the math of quantum mechanics. At a reported 10 to the power of 8 faster than than, uh, a typical Pentium chip, 2016 is going to be a watershed year for the advancement of AI and robotics. I mean, seriously, dude, this is the year that, like, the con person's technology, the... the computer running on your desktop is going to allow us sufficient processing power at home to, uh, you know, work in AI. Seriously, 10 to the power of 8 faster. Yeah. No, I know. That's, that's a, a leap. I, I don't – my brain can't grasp the multiplier. Right, like I mean, you know, obviously, like this is this is a, a huge multiplier. Certainly, it's a times faster. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, I mean, the, the article and you'd sent it over. I've only had a chance to scan it, not fully read it. Does note and, and wisely so. We all know this. Is it is a little more complicated than that. You can't just jam our current software in there, um, and and you know expect it to to run at, at speeds that much faster. But. Um, you know, you'll put this first, you know, first gen, we'll put this in the hands of companies like Bing and, and Amazon and Google and, you know, Facebook and, and the such. Um, get them, you know, sort of tweaking things through and, and using it to its full potential um, and realizing maybe what its full potential is. I mean, this is a, a speed that we've never had access to before. Um, you know, I, I imagine it'll be a few years before I see anything even kind of like this coming into into the desktop. I'm just guessing. I mean, of course, what do I know about, uh, about their, their launch plans? But, um, I imagine it'll be a, a few years cause it's just, it's such a breakthrough that I don't even think my operating system would know what to do with something like that. <laughs> <laughs> this is a completely different, uh, different thing. And admittedly first gen, I'm not going to be able to afford it. Right. I mean, well, you know, I could sell my house and probably not be able to afford it. <laughs> so. A bunch of us, though, a bunch of us should get together and, you know, buy Eric Inga a Father's Day gift or something. Eh? <laughs> OK, that would be kind of fun uh, for 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 those uh, for, for long term listeners, especially those especially those long term listeners going back to last week. Uh, we had Eric Inga on last week talking about uh, robotics and the future of SEL. Um, Dave, like this is a watershed day. It's amazing to to know this exists. Yeah, I mean, this is we've had like some some pretty big. We got gravitational waves coming in last week. We got uh, we got computers multiplying into the the billions on their on their processor speeds this week. So, uh, it's not been a bad month for science. Indeed, <laughs> it hasn't. Okay, we got to take a break and research some more stories. Um, 
Uh, it, it is the 18th of February, 2016. February is moving so fast, it blows my mind. Uh, I'm back with Dave Davis from Peace Again and Marketing. This is Jim Mentor Digital Always Media. This is Web Coach. I'm webmastermedia.fm. Stick around. We're back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining competitive analysis. SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit spyfu.com. That's S-P-Y fu.com and start downloading your competitors keywords now try it free there are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the u.s webmasterradio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business to business podcast network through iHeartRadio, itunes stitcher and the webmasterradio.fm mobile app we can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately now your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies but you must act fast Email sales at webmasterradio.fm today and get your message delivered now. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the 18th of February, 2016. We are rounding out the hour, which means we've got less time than we think we do. Um, <laughs> that happens every week, so you may yep. call it, you know. Um, here's a fun one that I've, I, I just found uh, during the break, because we actually we, we ran out of stories, eh? <laughs> so here's a fun one I just found in the break. Um, and I, th- I think this actually speaks to a trend that's happening in publishing now, that's... that's uh, that's critically important. We're moving towards the mobile universe. Uh, publishers are, in many cases, still sitting in a desktop. In some cases, well, they're they're not in a print world anymore, but they're still in a desktop world, eh? So yeah. Google has released its AMP project, Accelerated Mobile Pages, um, which you know has a component for publishers that presents a um, you know a strong rev share on on AdWords. Mm-hmm. Facebook's replied, as of today, um, Facebook has opened instant articles to all publishers. 
Now, Facebook had a deal with major publishers, the, you know, the New York Times, the LA Times, uh, Toronto Star Touch, um, uh, the Guardian, etc., where it provided a uh, publishing format that um, garnered a, 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 a lot of attention for those mainstream publishers and you may you may have seen a lot of new a lot more content from mainstream publishers in your newsfeed recently mm-hmm. that's because of you know instant articles well if you're a content creator if you're a publisher uh, watch for Jen Slig over at the SEM post to take advantage of this pretty quickly it's now open to everybody so instant articles Opens, you know, you know how Facebook, Facebook's algorithm seriously limits the reach of any given post that a regular profile puts up. Mm-hmm. Instant articles removes a lot of those filters. A lot of that uh, instant articles opens that carburetor way the hell up, right. and will be seen by a you know much larger, um, a much larger uh, 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 audience. It also allows you to uh, place, to sell and place your own banner ads in the articles and get 100% of the revenues. There's no rev share with Facebook here. They just want the eyeballs. Yep. Lastly, this isn't for original content, much like uh, LinkedIn. You know, uh, LinkedIn's articles, they want original content only. Yep. Facebook just wants to promote your content. It uh, you know then how do you how did you rickroll me earlier like like half an hour ago how do you distribute a lot of content from the Beanstalk blog you use Facebook as a, as a marketing platform right yep oh for sure Dave this is for you <laughs> no I think it is a good level of leveling of the playing field it needs to be understood and you know every publisher is going to have to consider whether they want to go in this way whether they want you know. How they want who who do they want to own this content? You know where do they want this content host? Like these are individual questions. You know if you build great content and you're actually hoping to acquire maybe some links to it or something like that, well, you know, might not be quite the same. You know allure. Um, however, if you just want to put it in front of the 1.4 billion users, <laughs> like, then you know there's there's a a good sign. Uh, you know. A good angle there for it. So I, I think I definitely would put some there, some not, right? And it's going to end up playing out sort of that, I think, for a lot of publishers where some will go out through Facebook, some will go through, um, you know, their their traditional angles. Um, you know, at least well, that's, well, absolutely. At least that's but what I think is worth noting is, um, you know, we talk about watersheds a lot on this show, uh, things that change that will affect the way we do stuff moving forward. Mm-hmm. The um, introduction of AMP and instant articles at the same time. Yeah, and you know, we've been saying this for for a couple. Sidney Crumb has been saying this for the the better part of the decade. Um, this is all about the mobile environment, and another sign that the we've we've we passed over the threshold of of fifty uh, percent mobile usage in in the search world uh, last year. We're long past that in the publishing world, and I think this is the um, 
the marker that makes the mainstream notice or at least improves the experience of the mainstream to such a degree that they can't help but notice. Right. Anyway, I just think it's neat. To, it to, it uh, is neat. A massive thing in tech. It is neat. And I think, I mean, it's, you know, to, to your earlier point, too, is there is nothing to stop me from pushing something out via my site and then pushing it out, right? Like Facebook's not making me make it unique. Um, yeah, so there is nothing to say I can't push it out both ways. Um, I think what I'm really looking forward to is once this goes, and you know there's going to be people uh, pulling in metrics. You know, Eric can put his tools on social shares and, and the AI behind those and guesstimating <laughs> traction. He can put all those on it to get a feel for, okay, when I put it out through my site and share it on Facebook, what you know, what sort of engagement do I now get on my site versus when I just push it out through Facebook or when I push it out through both, right? What are the metrics to actually getting them to a conversion point? And if you're just a publisher making money from advertising, you'll have totally different metrics, obviously. Um, and it's pretty nice to see the, the numbers that they're just, although, you know, that's dropping, you know, it's going to drop from a hundred, <laughs> like, that's not sustainable. Um, but I have a feeling they're going to be constantly trying to stay ahead of, uh, ahead of Google on that one. So. Absolutely. Uh, We're, this, is, this is, this is a battle for eyeballs. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Okay. we got time for one more. This was an interesting one. Um, Google and Google express. Um, did you know that Google will deliver like it did? did you know that Google had a uh, same day delivery service? I, I did know this, but it, you know, it doesn't affect me. Uh- <laughs> well, you, you don't live in San Francisco or Los Angeles. Right. But if you did, you could actually get Google to be to deliver produce, meat, eggs, other perishable stuff to your home. Within hours. Yeah. Like that's great. Um, I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen me at a grocery store, but it honestly it takes me it takes me that long just to get used to the produce aisle. Oh, and what I would pay to just not have to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> be at these grocery stores. Um, you know, I mean, it, it's definitely going to appeal to to a specific segment. It, it you know won't to others, but I think it's. I like seeing it just because of what it means as a whole, right? And I'm sure you're in the same boat. Like, it doesn't impact me. I don't live there. Um, but that we're now transitioning just from the, you know, the things we think of as deliverables, right? Like, I don't know, I ordered some headphones, right? I have two video cards coming in today. <laughs> like, you know, this sort of thing. They're just, you know, they're, they're good. They, they don't, don't perish. And now actually having a large organization who can probably get us pricing at a, a normal rate, um, able to able to deal with these these types of deliveries, and probably I'm just guessing here because I haven't used it. It just announced, um, you know, sort of stopping at more than one place, right? Sort of doing like a price shop kind of arrangement. Where right now, yeah, I can get delivery from my store, uh, but I'm going to pay whatever they're charging rather than you know. I imagine with Google, at some point, it may not be right away, but at some point, it'll be okay. Well, we're sending these people, you know, collecting from a large storehouse and then, or just dealing with all of them and go and give us your best price, right? So we can offer that to our users. Several businesses have tried the uh, deliver to home model before. That was a early darling in the, uh, in the, in the, that was a big darling in the early part of the tech, tech world. And those businesses didn't, didn't succeed. Now, Google is a large, a massive corporation, right? And it's traditionally, I would have called it a 
business to business corporation because it's been in the ads. Uh, it's been in the, the 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 business of selling advertisements, a B two B service. Yeah. It offers a lot of consumer goods, but it offered most of those for free. Right. They were really billboards. You know, like the the search engine results are billboards for out AdWords. Yeah. Your your Gmail is a billboard for AdWords. Pretty much any Google product is a billboard for AdWords. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um. In this case, though, we see the large company going business, not business to consumer exactly, not B to C. This is like business to service, like business to the service sector. Um, and I find that kind of kind of interesting. This is like Google going after the lowest of low hanging fruit. Yeah, but I mean, again, and I always look at this as as very one directional. I'm sure you do too, or or maybe not. You you may view it a bit broader. Um, but I always ask myself when they're launching stuff like this because this isn't their core sector. Their core sector is information, right? At this point, yeah, right? it used to not be. It used to be search. Now it's information, and it's like, okay, but now you're just. Go, you know who <laughs> you're just going to know more about what's going on specifically in this area and even if you made no money from this delivery service but just broke even you can do that because you're now going to be able to advertise to specific sectors and understand who they are and what they're doing a lot better so we have uh, you know when you when, when you're practicing business to business it's b2b when you're practicing business to consumer it's b2c mm-hmm when you're going business <laughs> service just for the sake of information, it's B to S. <laughs> I've been waiting to use that, eh? Yeah. Well played. Okay, and you know what? We played ourselves right out of time. We're at endpoint here on Webcology on webmasterradio.fm, but we're going to be around next week. But we've gone through a whole hour. So, on behalf of uh, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. I want to thank Brasco in the studio and all the folks at Webmaster Radio. And, uh, yeah, we're going to be around next week. But, friends, you've been listening to us on the 18th of February, 2016. Stick around webmasterradio.fm. More great content coming up after the news. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.